Wired access. Yeah. Wired access. We'll do it live! Do it live! Former Pine Creek football player Jojo Dolman, defensive MVP this season. In the backfield, Jojo Dolman. Don't forget about him in that run game, too, because he is a mess. Dolman again with a good play. Versatility, few matchup issues anywhere he lines up, is his coverage ability. Play by Jojo Doman. An outside linebacker from Colorado Springs, Colorado, number 13, Jojo Doman. Wired access. We'll do it live. Welcome everyone. Join in Wired Training Center owner owner Brian Southworth, myself Kendall Wickwire. We have Nebraska Cornhusker alumni, current NFL prospect JoJo Doman, and we also have the chief physical therapy owner, the man, the coach, Brian Inselman in the house. Welcome, fellas. What up, man? To Wired Access. I appreciate you guys coming out today. Obviously, my goal is to put family and parents and kids, anybody that wants to listen to this show, and just take a little piece of what it takes to be at a level as yourself, Jojo. Obviously, let's start back to where you begin. Okay? Your dad. Pops. Pops. Craig. 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 <laughs> so, did your love of football start all the way back then when you started watching what your dad did? Or was this something that you just grew from playing? Both. I mean, just seeing my dad wasn't enough. It was when I started creating the relationships with those guys, right? And then these, like, superhero figures just were regular dudes just like you and me. And when you start to build relationships with them, you start to think, like, oh, I could be a superhero just like him. And then, like you said, like, just through playing the game, like, I just developed a love for it, a competitive nature just about me and every sport that I played. And football was just the most physical one. So it really just created an opportunity for me to thrive. Well, and I like that you said the physical part about football, as some people, it's either you got it or you don't when it comes to football. You either want to be hit or be the one that gets hit. But the second thing that I could relate Brian here with, we're both fathers, okay? And our kids have came up, we've coached them, we've went. Did your dad lead you to football or did he let you play and do anything that you wanted to do? Both. I mean, he created an opportunity for me to play football. When I showed interest in football, uh, we started a flag football team because my mom wasn't ready for me to get into tackle. And what year was that? How old were you then? Sixth grade was my first tackle football game. I broke three bones and three different kids. So like you said, like you either got it or you don't. <laughs> I was like unleashed, let it go, let it rip. And was just, I put a dude like five yards out of bounds into my best friend's dad's lap. And they still tell that story. So, I mean. <laughs> so, okay. I got I to gotta learn more about this. So, like, were you bigger than everyone? Like, I mean, you're not, like, in the grand scheme of things, football people, you're not huge right now. Like, right. were you the biggest one on the field? or I was definitely the most athletic and the craziest, um, which kind of, like, created this size. But like, I, wasn't, I wasn't necessarily the biggest. Um, Love it. But I had the biggest heart, and I wanted to be out there more than now, if there was another sport that you could play or that you did play, was there any other sport that you would kind of put up there like a 1A or 
I played soccer for 13 years growing up, and I feel like that really helped develop my athleticism. But I was always getting yellow cards, red cards. Okay, what position at soccer? If you're getting those, I got to know, are you the defender? Because obviously defense is your route. Or are you the offensive guy that's going to shove a little shoulder to get downfield? Both. I was a mid, so I'm up on offense on the attack and then back on defense getting dudes off the ball. And, like, when my mom's got the video to prove it, but I'm saying, like, at least a couple yellow cards, a red card a season. Like, you can you can bet on me if you're getting kicked out of a game. Do you have older siblings? I have an older sister and a younger brother. Do you get beat up on a lot, or what, what made you so tough? It was my younger brother, who was 15 months younger than me, that always wanted to be better than me and actually thought he was. So just having that little brother syndrome, that big brother syndrome, just, like, pushed me to, like, I'm never going to let this dude win. And then it just kept pushing him to, like, I'm going to beat my older brother. And now we're both playing. Well, he's at Division One, uh, Louisville playing quarterback, and I'm going to the NFL. So obviously we were doing something right. Well, and while you say a brother, I we do have Brian Inselman here who helped you out a little bit for the NFL Combine. Brian, you grew up with a, a few siblings yourself. Do you think your siblings helped you in the sports that you played? Because you played football. I know Eric played basketball. Did, did you guys have this rivalry kind of like what they had? Oh, always. I got my, my brother Eric and I grew up, we're about 18 months apart. And so we would always have each other, just compete against each other and anything we did. So there's many times, and even just at the house, how you mentioned, just like he would say something, I would say something, I'd throw him against the wall, he'd throw me against the wall, whatever. You should check, you should talk to mom <laughs> about, about broken doors, broken walls, yeah. And I'm sure JoJo's got some of those stories as well with his brothers. So oh, yeah. she's so happy you both are out of the house, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah. We put pictures up on the wall to cover holes for a long period of time. And then finally they got re- – got his mom would be like, what was that? But, yeah, no, so the competitiveness with a, with a sibling that's pretty, pretty close in age and, and definitely wants to be better than you. Like Eric, in a sense, he has, a, he has a more athleticism, I'd say, as far as athletic-wise. But I'd go and beat him down every single time. So Well, and obviously with your athleticism, you went to college and played college football here at UNO, and then you went to UC Davis? Or right. was it vice versa? I went to Davis first and then went to the, and transferred to UNO. So if you look at college football then, and you look at what the athletes that you help out today, what is some of the things that you feel was tougher back then? And what are some things that obviously is better today? Uh, that's that's actually a difficult question. I mean, because I know like when I played, it was I mean it's very competitive always everywhere you went, and I mean you it's always about getting a look if you want to go to that next level and getting somebody to turn their eye and, and believe in you. And uh, I mean it's it's honestly those are the things you got to stand out somehow and doing anything anything and everything you possibly can to get to that next level or to do something different to, to stand above the next person is really what you got to do. And I don't know that that has really changed. Um, I do know that like, as far as like, when you look at the things that some of these players are doing, the speeds that they're running through, they're, they're always breaking different records as far as like the speeds they're running, how fast they are. I mean, I forget some of the stuff that I just saw in the combines with some of these guys running a four, five, four, six, and they're like over 300 pounds. I'm like, it was, it was insane. in some of these guys, and they're very, very athletic. And it's, um, so those are the things I would say it might be slightly different. Now, when you go to like the combine like this, is any of this intimidating? Now, obviously, you played in front of 90,000 fans. You have played football in front of like, Brian, let's start with you being the trainer and being the physical therapist that obviously helped a little bit. What was your thoughts coming back from that environment? I mean, it's an amazing environment. I mean, you get a chance to 
be around some top level athletes all around the world, or at least in the United States to go play football. But, but I mean, as far as when you look at this and you're like, just like Jojo said, these are just normal people, right? So like I've been working with some of these, these pro NFL players for quite a few, few years as well too. And uh, that's the one thing you just got to know is they're just like you. And, you know, so it's, I never really got that little um, deer in the headlight syndrome or looking at somebody like being in awe. Never okay. have that. I never, never have. I mean, it's just everybody I've always met. You're the Bob, Jim, Tom, whatever, you know, just, you're, you're just like me. And uh, I mean, granted, you have a gift. I have a gift. You got a chance to do what you do and, and, and you're blessed to do that. And you, and people want to watch you do that. And I'm, and I'm grateful for that. And then as far as like, so that goes, I don't, I never really got to, I don't get that, that syndrome where I feel like, oh man, this guy is so amazing. I get a chance to be him and hey, can I get your autograph? I've never been that way. I've just been, you're, you're, you're Tom, I'm Brian. Hey, nice to meet you. And See, I experienced that. I went to, uh, there was a gaming thing called Mage across the way and my buddy invited me over. You know, I have my son and he's into gaming. I have my daughter's boyfriend. He's into gaming. We go over there and Amon Green's a coach for eSports and he's hosting it. And I've met Amon Green's sister. I've known real well. I went to high school with her and my guy's like, hey, you want to take a picture with Amon? I'm like, no, man, I'll just have a conversation. Now, I do want to be honest for today. I'm never afraid to be honest. I did have to call a close friend on my way here and I don't know why, but I just get in my own self and I'm like, dude, what am I supposed to ask? What's the first question? What should I ask? Even though I know I have my questions and all this and that, he goes, man, just throw it out there. What's your favorite color? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you know that ain't no, no question I want to ask this guy, man. He's like, no, that just makes it so then you look dumb and then you're all right after that. And no one's ever going to question it. But anyways, your NFL combine experience, was there any jitters? Was I mean, what was the feeling? It was, it was insane, to be honest. Um all the training anticipation leading up to it to then just one moment. Uh, I almost wish it was all about just being present and being cool, calm and collected and understand that like I've trained for this. So it's like, why allow the moment to be bigger than it is, right? I'm just running straight for 40 yards. And even with that perspective, like I still had nerves and I still had jitters. And I really just focused on my breath and just tried to like feel my feet in the ground and just be there because that's all that's all we can ever be is like in the moment. So I wasn't trying to be anywhere else. Now, when you talk about the combine, they ask you questions, right? Oh, yeah. What would you say is your weirdest question that you were asked? The reason I asked is we had Kate on and he brought up some questions that the MLB people ask. Weird question that you're like, what does that matter? Like, we're just interviewing. What do you think your weirdest question was? Yeah, there's quite a few. There's one where just a scout was asking me, like, who is your least favorite coach on staff? Oh. And I was like, man, I love all my coaches. Like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? And he kept pressing it. He kept pressing it just to a point where it was, like, awkward. Like, I'm not breaking. You're not breaking. I'm not having this conversation with you. So probably that. Okay. Well, I like that you brought up the whole coach thing. What about your uh, top 40, you know, the fastest 40 question? They didn't bring that up. That's just – that was on the side. I know that – did you ever figure out what the P was? Did you ever figure that out? Uh, somebody told me I already forgot because it's just not relevant. To play. <laughs> <laughs> it's an emoji. I, yeah, I think it was pushing P, wasn't it? Pushing P, that's right. Awesome. I love some <laughs> Still don't know what that means. I've it's seen it. Song. It's a song. It's that's a song. right. I, it is I, a song. I've seen it on Twitter. I still have no idea. It, is it bad? Is it bad like 
I love my nephew and he, he's got autism, but it's like he socialized autism. So like he, he loves to have conversations about Marvel and all that. And his name's Peter. So then when it came to the push and pee, he's like looking outside. My mom lives on a corner and he lives there, you know, I go, what are you doing, man? I'm just making sure no one's, everything's all right. And I'm like, you out there pushing pee? You pushing pee? He's like, what? I'm like, come on, Peter. You're Peter. Pee. You yeah. out there like making sure that's your block, your corner? Right. But yeah, I don't know what pushing P is, and I'm a I'm a DJ because I don't get into those terms. You know what I mean? Like right. it doesn't change how I do what I do. Exactly. And it is one of those things where, unfortunately, with what I do, I don't like the fact of some of the music that I have to play because you're like, what? Like it doesn't make sense. Like I don't like when people do the gun thing. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But talking about coaches, obviously, you went to high school at Pine Creek for the Eagles. Yeah. Um, you guys won a couple championships while you were there. Yep. You were under Coach Todd Miller, who just finished, what, his 15th, 16th year? Something like that. Uh, and in your senior year, you were the 2015 Gatorade Player of the Year. What do you think is the number one thing that Todd Miller has instilled into JoJo Dillman? Man. Mm. She, uh, she really just created an opportunity for me to be successful. And didn't limit me. Like his probably his biggest attribute um, was that he never tried to like make me play small, which a lot of coaches like like unintentionally do. Right? They don't believe in you, or they don't give you the positive reinforcement. They're not communicating well, and it just it weighs on you, and you're not able to get the result that you're capable of. But when it came to Todd Miller, I played my senior year. I played Wildcat quarterback receiver, running back, safety, outside backer, kicker, punter, and place kicker. And he let me do it all. And he never tried to hold me back. And he also tried to talk to me about how to find that balance. And I just felt like the dude let me fly. So when it comes to flying, what's your favorite position to play? Now, this, I'm talking about 2015. I'm not talking about where you are right now. If you got all them opportunities, what's the favorite position? Line up Brock under center with the with the ball, put me at receiver and anybody you want, four or five star in the whole country, and I'm just saucing it. <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you match this confidence, man. It's real. We did it. Brian, you were a quarterback when you played. Was there any other position that you would have loved to play over quarterback, or did you just love that control and that? I mean, quarterback is one, I don't know, you, you know everything is going on. I actually was a safety as well. And that's actually what I played at, at UNO. And, uh, I mean, just being in charge of the defense and being in charge of the offense, knowing what's going on, I need to know what everybody's doing at every moment in time. And you know what, where everybody's going to be. And then when you see the defense line up, I mean, you just there's a lot of study in it. It's, it's very academic. And that's the one thing that I, I, I actually excelled a ton with when I played, is knowing what's going on overall with every position. I know down and distance. I know what tendencies are. I'm looking at, all right, I know where this guy's at. He's leaning this way. This is where, where the ball is going to go, or this is where that defender is going to go. And just, I love that. Well, and speaking right. of tendencies, obviously you have had a stellar year for your last year as a Cornhusker. Really should have been first team if you didn't get the injury. What do you think is like your number one thing when you went into that senior year that you can relate to what he just said? Because, I mean, you were a leader on that defensive team that was like everywhere – and nowhere like you knew you were involved in everything you could be involved in yeah I guess just going into that last year I had like my back up against the wall basically 
of like, this is all I got left in a Nebraska uniform to do everything that I've dreamt of doing and to get to where I've dreamt of being. So uh, just with that, that sense of urgency and that confidence and then my support system with my family, my friends down in Lincoln, Brian, and every other um, physical therapist uh, that I see that just, that the accumulation is like the, what you see on the field for me. So like everything off the field accumulates to what I put out on the field. And my senior year was just basically that. I think like it brings up like, I think one thing that people don't understand is like an athlete, athlete of your caliber is the team you have around you yeah. to make you successful. I, I think, you know, a lot of people like, like high school athletes, you know, you have your coach, but like, I mean, you probably got a nutritionist, a physical trainer, like, you know, a strength trainer, like. It's pretty crazy how many people probably touch your life and, and help you in that regard. And it's just kind of cool to hear about that that team and a support team because I don't think people understand how valuable that is. Yeah, let's dive into that. So I call it my pit crew, basically, right? In NASCAR, when something's wrong with your car or as simple as you just need more gas, what do you do? You stop at the pit crew. And whatever whatever need needs to be met, they meet. And just to have a reliable a uh, group of people that can do that for you is second to none. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that part. How did you find some of these pit crew members? A lot of them, a lot of them just kind of came up, right? Just incidental, like you meet. So like my, say my friends um, that I came to, John Raritan, Brian Brokaw, right? That I came into Nebraska with, right? We just met each other and then developed a relationship and ended up being the best thing for each other on and off the field and then you get to somebody like brian where i went to mat all in high school named brett with a dude named brett carlson and when i'm coming out to nebraska he's like dude i actually think i know somebody out of nebraska so i got linked up with brian my true freshman year so i guess it really just depends but not all of them are just as important as the first as the others well i i love that fact And, and and you know obviously you came to nebraska as an athlete how do you think when you look at the stars that people get and you look at the status of what position you get, do you feel like an athlete as your title was something that helps you even to go on beyond like to the NFL because you're not stuck as a linebacker or stuck as a certain position player? Yeah, I mean, I truly see myself as a football player, like athlete. Um, you, I feel a void. I feel a need, right? You need someone to make a play, I'll make that play. And – uh, whatever that entails, so that does make me more versatile and valuable. Um, and it's like that in every walk of life, not just football. Like the more you can do, the more you can provide, the better you are. You came in as a as a safety, definitely. And then you got switched, so right. And now they're looking at you even at different positions in the NFL. Right. So yeah, that's what's amazing about like, who you are. Yeah. Now in the for the Huskers, you are one of the few in my time I've ever watched the game. That has had to deal with multiple defensive defensive schemes between the defensive coordinators that you have experienced in your How what do you think was the hardest part to do all this and what do you think came easy to you? The hardest part is the relational aspect of literally creating new relationships with new people that didn't recruit you, right? Earning their trust and learning their system um, and getting along with them at the same time. So not only are they recruiting guys and their guys in to replace you and to develop, but they're also 
right? Like, why should I play you? We, I didn't even recruit you here. Like, I really don't even care if you stay. Like, that happens more often than not. So just overcoming that adversity, the relationship aspect of that was harder than any of the scheme stuff that kept changing. Do you think this prepares you for the next stage of the NFL? Being able to go anywhere and, and fill fill that void? 100%. Like, Rob Nikovich is a guy my dad represented, and he's gotten cut eight times and has played over 12 years, two Super Bowls. But Sean Payton looked him in his eyes and said, you should uh, go look for a real job after he got cut. So it's, wow. it's a cold, hard business, and you got to be able to adapt. You get, if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. And, um, I mean, the NFL stands for not for long. And the only people that sustain a career in the NFL are people that continue to work and people that believe in themselves. How do you navigate? I mean, navigate all that. You, you bring up a really important thing that you know you you're basically, you're basically playing for a coach who's trying to replace you with recruits coming in. I mean, they're recruiting people that they expect to play their freshman year like over you for the most part, right? Like, yeah. how do you trust and stay with those people and just overcome that and like win a spot because. A lot of kids are bouncing now. I mean, the transfer portal is in baseball, and I think it's probably the same in football. It's just crazy. I mean, everyone's leaving. How do you trust in yourself and have the confidence that you're going to overcome that play? Yeah, you just have to kind of focus on what you produce. And you can't worry about, like, you know, how he's talking to you or how he's coaching you versus the other player. It's, it's strictly objective when it comes to making plays on the football field. And that's where you have to put all your eggs in that basket. Of, I'm just going to be better than this dude. I'm going to outwork this dude. I'm going to really give him no choice because everyone else is going to know who that position should be. And the coach would look silly for going any other way. So it's almost taking, taking the decision out of his hands by how you, how you do everything. Who instilled all these values to you? I mean, I Shit. wish I had your confidence. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I hear you speak and like, I'm ready to run through a wall myself. Right. But a, a lot of kids like really struggle with that confidence and, and the willingness to compete for a spot and like a running, like what was what there a made, coach? Yeah, what made you this way? I mean, don't change a thing. Don't let yeah. anyone ever tell you, like, hey, you're you're too confident or whatever. Like, don't change. But like for these people that like struggle with that, which is a ton of kids I experienced, like, how did you learn to be like as confident as you are? One, I appreciate that. And two, I mean, it's it's everything that I've ever been through is like an opportunity to to learn and to grow and to get from point A to point B and then so on. So it's like I just never wanted to stay the same and never wanted like that feeling of complacency is just so boring and just icky to me. Like why would I stay the same when I can be different? Like even from one moment to the next. So when that comes to you know, mindset, mindset, skill set, and where I want to be in life. It's like I'm always moving forward in everything that I do. Which then you bring in the relationship aspect of, well, if it wasn't for the people in my life, like I wouldn't be able to go as far as I'd be able to go on my own. And I learned more from people like Brian and people in my life than about myself than just being with myself. So it's like every person and every experience I've ever come in contact with has helped me grow and has pushed me forward. And for that, like, I'm just in gratitude. And for that, I can keep going because I'm not doing it. It's not, it's not just me who's doing this. Right? It's everybody behind you, man. It's that whole army that you're always out there rooting for yes. and doing it for. And when you bring that up, like, if you can put in perspective to the kids or even parents that want their kid to be at a level that you're playing at, day in JoJo Doman's life, 
and senior when you're trying to lay it all out there? What would you say your dedication that you got to have to do that? Man, that's a loaded question. Dedication's got to be unwavering. I mean, even when I tore my ACL twice in seven months and I had every reason to quit, I had every reason to feel sorry for myself, I was just dedicated and I was driven that I wanted to be great at football. And I wasn't going to allow anything to get in the way of that. And it actually, that experience, that setback, that negative experience, so to speak, actually propelled me more in positive ways than I ever could have ever imagined without it. So one, every obstacle is an opportunity to grow. Like, don't ever take no for an answer and don't ever feel like you're a victim to the experiences of your life because you're not, right? They're for you. What if life would happen for you and not to you? And just that switch um, on your mental can change everything. It changes how you receive and perceive life itself. So just think about how life, how, how could this be for me, right? How, did, how could tearing my ACL twice in seven months be for me, right? What is, what is God or the universe or what is this trying to teach me? What can I get from this? Well, shit, the first thing it made me realize was I have an insane support system. I have a girlfriend that loves me. I have a family that adores me. I have friends that support me, right? And I just started to build from that. And everything's branched out from that. Right awesome. There. Well, I like that answer. And I really like that you brought up the ACL twice. Brian, you are a physical therapist and you see what he's doing now. Is this like, is this like God's that like, does this happen where they just can go right back and bounce back and be ready to go? Or is it just a over-dedication that you have to do to be at that status? Well, you have to mentally be ready for all that. There's no way you can get to where JoJo's at right at this point in time if you didn't have the right mindset. No way, 100%. And we would talk over and over again about mindset. Over and over again about just his mental aspect of how he's presenting himself and the words he says to himself. I mean, physical therapy with, well, I mean, you could say call it physical therapy, but we do way, way more than physical therapy. For sure. For sure. And when we, when we have our meetings, I guess, our, our visits and everything else, such as <laughs> however you want to call our it. Our get-togethers. <laughs> yeah. It's, I would say, I don't know about you, Jojo, but I would say that most of the, the visit has to do with just the, the verbal interactions that we had and the energy exchange. Like... It's, it's not about like, I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm probably the best one around here with what I do as far as physical therapy and muscle activation technique. I'm, I'm, that's pretty conceited, but I, whatever. That's, that's, no, that's, that's, that's the confidence that you got. Dude, this dude makes me want to run through a wall every time I, like, I can't ever look at him and not like be like, man, I just, that energy is just, it's radiates. <laughs> it is very addicting. Uh-huh. It, it makes you want to, it's, the want to. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But it, but I mean, for, for Jojo, when he would come up, so we would have, obviously we'd have all the things we have to do physically to make his body prepared, all the things that happen throughout the week or whenever I can see him. But it is all the other things that happen too. Like we talked about coaches. We talked about girlfriends. We talked about going out. We talked about friends. We would talk about everything. The biggest thing I, I got from him, I mean, and honestly, it wasn't just him, me feeding it to him. He fed me along the way too. I mean, it, that's the only way you grow. I mean, as a person, if you ain't listening to learn something, you're not listening. Well, that's the thing about like our interactions. It, it, I felt I got as much out of it as, as hopefully he did. I mean, I, I know I enjoyed it when he come because it, it helped me grow 
spiritually as well, not just, not just with my skills, but we would talk many times. And the thing that, that I remember him, him always telling me is like, as far as his mission in life and football was a medium for him to present his mission. And we would talk about that a lot and how he delivered it. And then we would talk about even like, as far as like, well, how are you delivering your message? Who are you delivering this to? And how is that happening? And the biggest thing that I remember, we, uh, at least this is what I talked to him, and we would say, and I hope it kind of made through, and I don't know how much it fed him, but talk about like filling that stadium with his energy and his love for everybody in the stadium. And then I even told him about, we talked about, I'm sitting there at TV watching this, and you're filling my living room with your energy. So it for has, sure. I mean, you you get out further and further than you really imagine. Like, he always thought, oh, it's inside me, and I'm going through this guy right in front of me. I'm going to run through him. And like, like he talked about as far as like his physicality, right? And he can run through a wall and, and then knock somebody out in the way and break, break some bones here or whatever, right? But the mission that he has to deliver the message that he has, he's doing it through football. And he's talking about God and the universe and everything else and the spirituality of it. It's amazing that that honestly is the stuff that I got a lot out of it. I mean, he's a great football player and he's going to do some great things in the NFL, but you got to look at... He's beyond the football. He is way beyond And, and I'm going to be honest. It's kind of weird that I don't know how long you've, you've felt this way and you've talked this way, but probably within the last five years for myself, I have went to find out the whys. You're not given something that you can't overcome, but it's how are you going to do it? What did you learn from it? And the reason I say that is I was in Colorado and we were at the wrong place, whatever. And you know how Colorado is. You can get lost if you don't know where you're at. We're two hours away from where we're going. My wife's upset. I'm like, it happened for a reason. I don't know why. We go do our thing. We go uh, horseback riding. We go in the mountains and we go four-wheeling. Come back. We go to the same spot we went out. One of my One of my good friends walks through the door in this small dink town wow. in the middle of nowhere. I'm middle of nowhere. I'm like, Randy Akers, what are you doing? He goes, well, actually, I'm moving like next week, man. I was like, how the heck do I find you in the middle of nowhere? But that was the why, because I would have never known because we don't work together, so we don't get a talk. Yeah. So it's funny that you say that because it wraps for me back to Colorado. You know, now obviously for you, what made you come to Nebraska and do what you do on the field to where, I don't know if you know what people do when you're out there, but like he said, it's electrifying. Is that what you expected coming to Nebraska over anywhere else? You had opportunities. You had a lot of D1s wanting JoJo Doman on that field. Yeah, I I guess my intuition knew that like that was my deeper calling was to not only just play football, but to have an impact in the community. And to spread my love um, through this game of football. And where else better than the University of Nebraska and the great state of Nebraska? Um, so I we, I call that a divine appointment, right? Right okay. place, right time, a divine appointment. Because you would have never even imagined meeting him where you met him, but you did anyways. And uh, yeah, my time in Nebraska has been full of those. And... Well, of course, people are going to ask, and, and you know this question is probably coming up more than not. How do you do what you do with the record you have? Football. Record. Football. How do you do what you do with that record? Because for me, I'm telling you right now, yeah. as a fan, but I coach football, so I look at the game different than fans. The growth of this year, 
I don't I, win loss and different. Don't get me wrong. I, I get it. I wanted you guys to win, but you look like you belonged on that field every single game. And you can tell me right now that was not the way it's been. Yeah. And if you can leave that legacy, that every game you were in your final season, what I mean, what does that feel like, man? Compared to everybody, just goes wins losses. Exactly, bro. It's the intangibles, and you're giving me goosebumps just <laughs> recognizing the fact that my impact on Nebraska is more intangible than tangible, and I'm okay with that, and it's not what I imagined or dreamt of been coming here, but I wouldn't trade it for the world, and that's why I came to Nebraska, was to find myself and to light up that stadium and to become the man that I am sitting here right now and to continue to grow as a man and to gain these perspectives. Like yeah. it's I'm going to say, I want to interject this real quick. I apologize for interrupting what you said. But Go ahead. The only reason I want to say that, because yes, as far as when he came in here as a freshman, to the man that we're looking at right now, he was not a man when he came here as a freshman. I mean, and that's just kind of the route that happens a lot, right? This yeah. Is, there have been many, many different JoJo Domans that walked into my door when throughout the years as he's gone through. And, and the point that he is at right now is because of the spirituality that he has gained and, the, and, his, and understanding his calling. And I think that's where I like, that's what I love about JoJo is that it's not about just him being physical and doing the thing on the field. It's about the other aspects of him and what he brings when he does that. And that's what I love about him. And that's where, like you mentioned, a man in front of you. Yeah, this is, this is an amazing man in front of football or not. And that's that's what I think is important for people to understand about this guy. Is it's not just him being playing football. So who had the biggest impact? Like as far as like making you that man he talks about today. Dude, I can't it's hard to single out one, so I might as well do the dude right here I'm sitting with. Um to send it right back to you, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> you uh this dude right here was a psychological almost Therapist. Therapist. <laughs> I don't even know. I was trying to come up with some crazy analogy, man. He was a psychological therapist. Helped me think more clearer. Like, helped me remove, like, the psychological blockages that just happen, right? Your girlfriend breaks up with you, a coach MFs you, uh, you don't get an opportunity that you were expecting. Anything that happens, you just need to, you have to process it to then move past it. And this dude helped me process more things than I could count or list right now. And, just helped build that. That's what helped build like that relationship and that trust within us. And then just from a holistic lens, like it was more, it was always more than football with Brian. Like it was always more than football. When I was going up to Bellevue, uh, driving 45 minutes from Lincoln, uh, once or twice a week during the season, like it was always bigger than football. Like I almost didn't feel like fully confident, um, and ready to go out on that field before I saw Brian. Like it was on, it, it was so in my regimen that I was like, oh, Wednesday, like I feel a little nervous, but like that's okay. Thursday, I go up to see Brian. Like I'll be fine by Friday because I saw Brian Thursday type deal. It's one of those things where I could look forward to seeing him or my body's broken down, right? I got a contusion or whatever. And I'm like, I just got to make it to Thursday. I'm going to get that MAT with Brian. I'll be straight for the game. So it was such a, such a, just a pillar of, of strength for me to lean on during the season because the season gets crazy, right? We're yeah. Losing, we're losing nine games by one score. I'm doing a podcast. I'm being, I'm a leader. I'm a senior. Um, I'm trying to win games, trying to win a big 10 championship, but it's a lot going yes. on and to have the, have the checks and balances in place to continue to keep me grounded, to keep me prepared and confident and just clear. 
just stay clear of everything, all bad energy. Just clear all of the shit out so you can just be ready to go. Well, and it's funny that you say it about him because I'm going to be honest. When I won the competition, I went to go have a radio show. I go, hey, man, I'd like to have you as a sponsor. Is that all right? He goes, yeah, just come meet with me. And you already know how a meeting with him goes. It's, it's not we're, we're just going to talk. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? Well, I, I really want to do a I want to do a radio show. I got it. I want it. Do you think it's going to impact the people that I see? Do you know who I see? I'm like, no, man, I don't. And like he like lays it out there, but he set me up for success when I went to talk to other people, and he made me understand why it didn't work for him. Because for him at that time was like like moms, and they don't listen to the channel that I was on. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not the ones that I that he's trying to. So the way that he just like opens up your eyes to understand the whys of why, you know, and, and it's okay for him to, for me to take that. He said, no. And I, I take it with everything because I'm like, you made it so I can go talk to other businesses and how it will influence or get to them, but without being this pushy guy, you know, and understanding like who yeah, I'm trying to get to. all out of love. You know that. Oh, I, I, I know that. It, it never is anything less from you, man, for everybody. It, it, it doesn't matter if you just came to your gym for the first time. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I watch your CrossFit stuff and all that, man. And and for those that don't know, he is going to go do a CrossFit competition um, at the rightful age of whatever he is. I'm not saying on, on this, but he he's doing work at his age. He is not playing around. Have you ever worked out with him? He kicked my ass at 40. <laughs> he had me drive up for a 530 workout. I got my butt up just to go up there just for him to whiz past me in this workout. I'm there with my buddy dying, dude. It was... It was tough, but yeah, he's old as shit. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. You talk about running through people. I'll run through you. <laughs> I mean, he is a court. He was a quarterback. He could put the pads on. I mean, bro, he's got a picture up in his office of him in college, dude. Yeah. I know. Oh, dude. I know. I don't want none of that. I don't want. Oh man! I do want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to Nebraska Cornhusker alumni, current NFL prospect JoJo Doman, with Achieve Physical Therapy owner and coach Brian Inselman, also Wired Training Center owner Brian Southworth, myself Kendall Woodwire. We did have a technical difficulty on the ending of this interview, but don't worry. I hope we can bring him back after the NFL draft. Get in a little deeper and let him share his story. Hopefully you found something to push you a little further. And thank you again for tuning in to Wire Access. We'll see you.